0: I've lost a lot of friends since I've turned There's been a lot of bitches that I've burned There's been some lessons i learned but through it all, I stand firm I lose it all in the swirl just to make it to you I lose it all in the swirl just to make it to you I may not ever have a drop talk May never have a run It's my watch May never have a billboard top spot I lose everything that I got I lose it all in this world just to make it to you I, a a runner, a I'll lose, I I'll lose it all in this world just to make it to you If you enjoyed that intro song, it's called Lose It All by Bryson Gray featuring Tyson James. They're both two up-and-coming, talented, Christian, conservative hip-hop artists. They seem like they're always charting well, whether it's album or songs on YouTube, Amazon, iTunes. And that's dealing with censorship for their message. They're independent artists, so you know you're always getting the truth. Again, they're really talented artists. I can't recommend them enough. Uh, Go check them out. Bryson Gray and Tyson James. What is up, everybody? Really appreciate you joining me for another episode today on communism. If you recall, the previous two dealt with Karl Marx and kind of his the darkness that he surrounded himself with and his writings and his family life and his friends and, and just who he was as a person. And so I kind of want to build off that and as we get into what he actually believed and then kind of how that influenced his philosophy and what ultimately became known as Marxism and what that was all about. Now, before we get into that, I, I did want to mention. I try, you know, each episode to kind of give you a source list of where I, I pulled my information from, or, or if, you know, if you want to do further research, or if you're just you want to cross check what I'm saying. So for today's and and really a lot of the rest of our podcast, um, just kind of comes from the basic knowledge that I, I got it when I was in college. Um, I went to Liberty University, and it really informed kind of and helped develop my Christian worldview and how I see the world. Uh, But two professors in particular, when we're dealing with communism, really stand out and and, and help develop this for me. So I've got to get major shout outs to Dr. Ferdinand and Dr. Metallo. Both are excellent professors, um, very accessible, but they they really, um, you know, their focus was on communism and Marxism, how it impacted the world. And and so I just, through my own research there and then just talking with them and and, and sources they've given me, had given me. And so that really helped. Um, Now, if you're looking for two books, I would recommend um, "Prevailing World Views" by Glenn Martin. He was a professor at Indiana Wesleyan University, and, and to, in my opinion, it, I think it's the the best breakdown of Marxism on what it is, each little segment and nuance of it, and, and how it's impacted the world. Phenomenal book. It is very academic, um, I will tell you, but it, I mean it's it's a really it's a treasure trove of knowledge. And then another book is by fred swartz it's called you can still trust a communist or i think the original was you can trust the communist to be communist um it's a uh, not so much academic as for the you know the common individual for the public but it's a great resource it, it dives into communism itself how it's impacted the world you know its methods um just kind of the dark and sick and twisted um, reality of what communism is and so again i highly recommend both those books if you're interested in more research or, you know, like I said, just want to cross-check anything that I'm saying or, or want to recommend to a friend, um, I would definitely, that those are two phenomenal starts that really get you acquainted in understanding what communism and Marxism is all about. So, but anyway, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, we're going to be talking again today about what Marx believed and his, that impact on his worldview and what became known as Marxism. Before we can really dive into what Marxism is and its beliefs and and kind of what that new philosophy brought to the world, we just need to briefly touch on um, what Karl Marx's preconceived beliefs are. Obviously, we knew, um, we know from the uh, previous podcast he clearly was not a, a Christian, and that he didn't subscribe to a belief in God. So th- so the first and foremost would be atheism. There is no God. Um, with that means there is no absolute truth. There's nothing that we can say, yes, this is 100% right, this is 100% wrong. And uh, it's just kind of all based upon what you believe, what the individual person believes or, or what Carl believed. And But, there, but there's no um, morally eternal from one generation to the next for thousands of years, hey, this is always true, this is always false, this is always right, this is always wrong. For him, that gets thrown out the window. The second thing that he uh, brought to the table would be what we call materialism. That just means that he believes... Man is what he eats. We are just matter in motion. Everything in the world, from animals to man's to plants, to even the very ground we walk on, it's just matter in motion, right? It is just can be scientifically explained. There's no spirit. There's no soul. There's no eternal value. There's nothing. You are just, to the point that your very thoughts and your actions, those aren't, uh, you don't choose those. Those aren't a voluntary, there's no free will. That's just a result of science. It is literally just, it can be It can be explained scientifically. So you can see right there that, okay, you've eliminated God, you've eliminated truth. Now you've eliminated any idea of free will or meaning or value to your life. So you can see this depressing cycle of belief and lifestyle right from, from the get-go. And then the third preconceived belief that he had was what we call economic determinism. Now, I know that's a big word, and I don't want to throw a lot of big words at you. It just simply means that your um, everything about your life is determined by your economic situation. So for Carl, he believed that, again, everything can be explained scientifically. So how do you explain thoughts? How do you explain emotions? How do you explain actions? Well, for him, the, that stemmed from your economic environment that you lived in. So that determined what you did, that determined what you thought, how you responded, how you acted, um, it, that determined your religion, your views on family, your on government, and so on and so on. Everything in the world could be de- de- um, could be explained by how your economic society impacted you and in particular for him, it was a capitalist society. He believed all the evil and bad of the world came from the capitalist society and so that's why they sought to kind of rid the world of the um, capitalist society, and, and create a new paradise, which we'll get into that later on. But th- that gives you an idea of where he's coming from, where his mind is. So it's uh, he was an atheist, no God, no truth, uh, materialist, you are what you eat, matter in motion, and economic determinism. Your economic lifestyle or, or the environment you grew up in, that determined everything from what you ate, what you did, what you thought, how you acted, how you voted, and so on and so on. Now that we've briefly discussed what Karl believed before he developed a a true philosophy, these these are three, like I said, that three ideologies that he believed prior to it. Now let's move into what did he develop. Simply put, what he developed is what he refers to as dialectic materialism. Now again, I'm kind of giving you big terms. Um, I'll, I'll explain them, make them you know kind of pretty simple. Uh, materialism we've already talked about. We've discussed what that is. You know, it's kind of this idea that there is no um, eternal value to things. Everything is just here in the world. That's where it gets its value. So materialistically, man is what he eats. What does dialectic mean? Okay, so he took this from a guy with the last name Hegel. Um, He was a top philosopher back in that day. And it's the idea, and this really has transformed society since. Um, Whether you look at the West, um, here in the United States, in Europe, Russia, I mean, you, the list goes on. Look anywhere in the world, especially in the 20th century, you'll see this. This is has drastically changed society. We've always, since the beginning of time, believed absolutely, or linearly. What I mean by that is we believe that if A is true, then non-A, so the opposite of A, cannot be true at the same time. So examples, if Light exists here, then darkness cannot exist. And if darkness exists here, light cannot exist. If this is good, then this is evil, and they cannot, you know, coexist. And they're not both true. Truth, lie. So we we have this, you know, mindset that if A is true, then non-A, its opposite, cannot be true at the same time. Well, Hegel came around to say, well, that's not entirely true. We don't need to think, you know, linearly. We've got to think in terms of. A can be true. It has part you know, part of the truth with it. So can non-A. It can have a portion of truth. And when those meet, they collide. So light collides with darkness. Good collides with evil. And out of that process comes a new creation. That's tr- more true than both of those. A better creation. And then from there, if and this is kind of getting more into what Marx does, that cycle continues over and over and over again. So that's the idea of... Dialectic. When we when we say dialectic, that's that's the idea of it. That's no longer A is true and non A is false, or you know, light versus darkness, or good versus evil. No, it's now they both can have their truths, and out of that, something new, something better, or greater will be created. So, what was revolutionary in this new idea that Marx had developed? It wasn't that he came up with this himself. He just took this materialistic worldview. And he combined it with what Hegel had had um, coined the dialectic, and so that was what was revolutionary. He combined those two, saying they each had a little bit of truth. Um, you know, Hegel coming up with uh, the dialectic, and then the materialistic um, came from a guy at the last name I think Feuerbach. He was taught in universities, and, and Marx was a student of his. So he combined those two to get you that dialectic materialism and that new way of thinking. And really, that kind of hit Europe. Um, to be honest with you, about nineteen. 19- 18, 1917, but it didn't really come to fruition in the United States until maybe the 1940s. Um, and then definitely by the 1960s, you could see it being in front view um, in the way that we think. You know, this kind of relative idea well, this can be true, your truth. And I'm sure you've heard that in the media. Well, that's your truth. You know, you need to speak your truth. You do you. You do you. This idea that's, that's where this idea comes from that there's no absolute truth. And there's partial truths here, partial truths there. And in the end, this will create something greater or better. So now we've kind of discussed what dialectic materialism, this newfound philosophy that Karl Marx and uh, his partner Engels came up with. What's important is there are three kind of elements, or I guess you could say belief system to be a true Marxist that you have to, to have to have. The first one has to deal with change. So change is an inevitable part of life. You and I are changing constantly every day. The environment around us, um, nature is changing. You know, science, everything is just changing, constant change. So, for instance, you could stand in one set location on any given day, and you could come back a week, a year, a month, or even a day later, stand at the exact same place, and nothing could be the same. You know, everything has changed. You've changed, the environment around you, people walking by, whether the climate, anything, everything has changed. Now, here's the kicker. To the Marxists, all change is progressive, or it's good. There's no such thing as bad change, right? It's all for the greater good we're heading down this path towards this utopia, paradise that they keep believing is going to come. And so, all change is good and progressive. Now, we know that to be utterly false. I mean, I could just a small example. If if some guy came up to me, took $100 from me. I say I had $100 in my wallet. Came, stole my $100. And he gets arrested. He goes to jail, but they can't find the $100 anywhere. So I'm out $100, and he's in jail for who knows however long. Now, to the common person, we'd say that was not good for either one of us. He stole it, but he ended up in jail, and he's doing time, having punishment for his actions, and I'm out $100. Well, to the Marxist, all change is progressive. So that is good for both both of us. It is um, just a a way to the ends that's going to be good. So basically, that may not seem good at the time, but somehow that this is, it's working for our benefit. Again, now, we obviously know that's just ridiculous, but like I said, you've got to understand, this is the belief system that true Marxists have. And that's why you can't ration with people like that. You can't argue with them because kind of like the the Christian, we walk by faith and not by sight, right? So there's things in the world that just don't make sense, but we know the Bible tells us, this is how it is. And the Bible says it, that settles it, right? Well, to the Marxist, this is what their beliefs say. So you can present facts and arguments that just show 100% you're right, but to them it doesn't matter because this is a belief system to them and and you can't reason with them. They believe just like there are laws that govern, you know, uh, crops harvesting and growing through um, the summer into winter or the sun rising, you know, the moon setting, um, things like that. They believe that the same scientific laws that apply to that they apply to nature and us progressing over time now the second key element that they believe they believe that nature acts dialectically now here I go throwing that dialectic word again what do I mean that nature acts dialectically well real simple um, it does not move on a linear path over time it doesn't it doesn't evolve over time so it's not while we are everything is progressing there are moments where it may look like hey we're heading the opposite direction it's not all showing itself to be evolutionary. And so, for example, it's, it's the idea if you were to walk, if you took two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. Right? So you're taking two steps, but for every two steps, you're taking one back. So you're going to get where you're going. You're not stopping you know, progress inevitably, but it, is, it seems like it's delaying it, like it's taking longer. Well, they applied the same approach to history. They believe that, um, and I've heard it explained as kind of the hammer effect. So a lot of times, Marxists, they'll come with you with a whole lot of stuff, throw it into culture or society, and try to make you like, swallow this pill of Marxism. And they come full speed. And then when there's kind of resistance and pushback, they may release, kind of like a hammer. You know, you hit the nail, of a, of a, you hit the nail with the hammer, and then you raise the hammer back. That's what they're doing. So to a lot of people, it looks like they've given up or they've lost. Well, no, because they know the next time they come down full-fledged, we're gonna ta- it's going to push the nail down a little bit. We're going to take more. Each time they do that, we're going to take a little bit more of what they're offering, and that's kind of their, their plan for a global conquest. And if you think about it, it's really kind of an excuse for them to do anything they want. I mean, they can do something that completely contradicts what they're teaching or, or preaching in their schools, and they do the exact opposite. But that's okay because it's only temporary, and it's for an eventual ends. The ends justify all means, right? So an example is, you know, after uh, in Russia, they were under communist control. The government controlled all the means of productions under Lenin. Well, the economy was faltering, and Russia was falling off the the global scale because of that. So what did he do? He started opening up to more private um, distribution of goods, and the economy rose. Now, again, to us, we would think, Wow, well, they must realize that Marxism or or communism doesn't work, so he's giving up, he's a capitalist. Well, no, no, no. He knew this was that nature moved dialectically, right? So he knew it, it was progressing and it would take time, and you have to take that step back in order to move two steps forward again. And in fact, in China, they teach their children to march two steps forward, one step back, to help get it in their head and ingrain in them this idea that nature moves dialectically. Now, the third and final um, kind of belief you have to have to be a true Marxist is you have to believe that conflict is the source of everything. Conflict drives everything. So if you remember, when we talked about the idea that you have that um, A is non-equal to A, remember we talked about that, but to them, they believe that there's a little truth in A, but non-A can also be true. Well, they come and they meet head-to-head. They oppose one another. And by doing that, there's force, there's friction there, right? And so they believe you can't look at you can't look it up without looking at down. You can't look at left without right. You can't look at one without the other. So for instance, capitalism, you can't look at the rich without looking at the poor. And they're gonna meet and they're gonna collide. Now that'll start out slow and gradual, but eventually, you know, over time there becomes a tipping point. And at that tipping point, that's when things speed up and start moving rapidly until boom, there's bloodshed. Violence, force, and out of that, a new creation comes. There's a new creation that comes into being that was better than the previous two. And then the cycle keeps repeating, and so on, and so on, and so on. So that kind of sums up what, you know, the three beliefs you have. Again, that all progress is good, that nature moves dialectically. So two steps forward, one step back. And then the the third final belief is that conflict is... It's a driving force. It's a good. It's what creates, takes the um, A and the non-A and creates a new creation. I do want to quickly give you an example of how this plays out. So we talk about this idea of, you know, A collides with non-A to form something new, right? So how does that work in the real world to them? So basically, Marx believed we, there were five kind of phases of life or, or society that we went through in the history of mankind. So you start out with, you know, that primitive, what he calls primitive communalism. So kind of like that caveman, every man for himself. Well, out of that, there was conflict that rose. Um, You know, friction took place, and boom, out of that they created a new form, which was this um, ancient slavocracy. So the idea of owning slaves, that there was a higher class. Well, again, obviously there's going to be friction between the slave owners and the slaves themselves. Out of that, through force, bloodshed, and violence, you get feudalism right? You have the lords, the common folks, the stuff like that. And again, there's friction that takes place. They meet until a point there's a tipping point And out of, through force, bloodshed, and violence, there's created a new system, capitalism. So he didn't, he, uh, this is an important note. As anti-capitalist as he seems, early on, he believes there was a necessity for capitalism. It was the greater good created from that. However, that's not the end step. Out of capitalism, again, you have, it's, you have, it's that class warfare. It's it, That's everything to him, the Marxist. That, it's the, there's a clash of the classes. And so in the capitalist system, you have the rich that start abusing and taking advantage of the poor to the point that their causes so much friction, and eventually there's a tipping point, and there's that violence, bloodshed, or I should say revolution that takes place that overthrows the capitalist system into socialism. Now what's interesting, when they get to socialism, Marxists believe once the entire world now this is important, the entire world must be socialist. International socialism is what they're going for. Once you've done once you've reached that goal where the government, where you know they own all means of everything, then eventually that the old kind of dying breed, I guess, of capitalism, that capitalist mindset is gonna die out. And and we'll talk about in another podcast exactly how this is gonna be. There's several methods they, they use. Um, to, to get here. But w- there'll eventually come a point where you'll no longer need police. You'll no longer need government. You know, n- men and and will act like brothers. They'll no longer fight. There'll be no more wars or violence. Um, every man will work f- just for the joy of his labor, not for money. We won't need to get paid because we'll just enjoy laboring for our goods. And then from there, we don't need to... Uh, you know, we don't, no one's going to be taking more than their fair share. Everyone will just take just what they need. There's no need to want anything else, right? You just take what you need. And out of this, you'll have no, there'll no longer be disease, sickness, death. And they have, they literally believe from this that you're going to create the perfect utopia society, which is communism, international communism. And that's what they believe all this is heading towards. They believe it's scientific, this is inevitable. These are just what nature has called them to do. This is just, you know, this is Mother Nature. That's probably a bad term because I don't know if they necessarily believe nature, but this is just, this is the cards we're dealt. There's nothing that you can do to stop it, but we're here as agents to help uh, pursue this and to make sure that this takes place. Well, we have talked about a lot today. I really don't want to overwhelm you guys. Like, I'm a nerd, so I enjoy this kind of thing, so I could talk and read about this for hours on end, but I understand to the... Normal people, this is something that you can only probably want to take in small increments, so I don't want to overwhelm you guys with any more. Um, we'll kind of pick up on next time. We'll talk about just exactly like, okay, these are his beliefs, but how does that play out? What does he believe a society should look like? So we'll briefly talk on that and kind of his he had a 10-point um, plan on how to implement this and what this would look like. And so we'll kind of dive into that, and then from there we'll just take it into communism and an actual communist and what that looks like. You know, the the horror stories of it, the bloodshed, the the violence, just the, the sick, perverse ways, and and really kind of what we've been de- developing this theme. It's kind of satanic. I mean, you can definitely, to any Christian, can see Satan's hand in this, and and how this is kind of his perverted um, way of flipping upside on its head what God intended. And so I hope you guys join me again. I really appreciate the support, and please share this with anyone anyone you think would be interested or you think should hear this. Let them know. Send it to them. Um, definitely trying to get as many followers, um, not for myself, you know. Just I really want this message out there, and I just again the whole point of this guys is to equip you and and everyone around you that you know with the truth to have knowledge. Um, just to, to be able to know how to combat things, to know how to pray against things, to know how to act, and to just know how to recognize when you see, hey, I I, I can see past what's being said, or I can see past the rhetoric, and, and I can see this for what it really is. So again, won't take any more time. I really, really, really appreciate you guys, and we'll uh, talk here soon. Sure.